Lesson number 169, Surah Al-Hajj, ayah number 38 to 64. Inna indeed Allah, yudafi'u, He defends. Who? Anil-ladhina amanu, those people who believe. Inna indeed Allah, la yuhibbu, He does not love. Kulla khawanin kafur, every treacherous and ungrateful person. Allah does not love such people. So he will not defend them. Instead, who is it that Allah helps? Who is it that he defends? Those who believe. Yudafi'u is from the root letters dal fa'ain, dafr. And dafr is to push something away. And dafa'a an, yudafi'u an. It is to push something away from someone else. Alright? So it is to defend someone from something that is harmful. To protect them from that which is dangerous. So Allah will protect, Allah will defend the believers against their enemy. Meaning when their enemy will assault the believers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will push the enemy away. The enemy will not be able to prevail over the believers. Because, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُدَافِعُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah defends those who believe. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ خَوَّانٍ كَفُورٍ Allah does not love people who are khawan and kafur. Khawan is a person who is very, very, very khain, extremely khain. And who is kafur? One who is extremely kafir. Extremely khain. Khain is one who does khiyana. Khawawnoon. What is khiyana? Treachery. Betrayal. To betray someone. To cheat someone. To be a traitor. You know, when someone is is trusting you with something, they're expecting something good from you, and you cheat them. You say something else, and you do something else. Hmm? When some good is expected, but instead of good, harm is done. So who are khawan? Who are the treacherous that are being mentioned over here? It's basically the mushrikun, the people of Makkah. Because the people of Makkah, they were relatives of each other. They were all related to each other, somehow or the other. Even if the blood ties were not there, after all, they all belong to the city of Mecca. But what happened? When the Prophet ﷺ, he publicized his da'wah, remember that the first three years, the Prophet ﷺ did private da'wah. After three years, what happened? He went public with the da'wah. Alright? And many people, they embraced Islam. But, at the same time, there was a lot of hostility and opposition. From who? From their own relatives. Abu Lahab, who was he? The uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. But what happened when the Prophet ﷺ invited people to Islam? Abu Lahab betrayed the Prophet ﷺ. How did he betray him? As a relative, what should he have done? Supported him. That's what Abu Talib did. Remember there were two kinds of people who opposed the Prophet ﷺ. One category was of those who were noble in their opposition. They were still noble in their opposition. They didn't do things that are inappropriate. And then there were other people who were not noble in their opposition at all. They really stooped to a low level in their hatred for the Prophet ﷺ. People like Abu Jahl, people like Abu Lahab. Alright? And remember that people who were still noble in their opposition, they were guided to Islam eventually. Look at Abu Sufyan. Look at Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. Right? We call them radiallahu anhu. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided them. But then there were people like Abu Lahab, Abu Jahl. They were not guided to Islam. Why? Because they stooped to a very low level in their opposition to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when they opposed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what were they doing in reality? This was their treachery. This was their betrayal. Because as relatives, they should have been supporters. And if they did not support, at least they should have been quiet. But they weren't quiet. What did they do? They opposed. They were hostile. They raised weapons against the Muslims. Abu Lahab went to such an extreme that when the Prophet ﷺ would go you know, in the open, in marketplaces, doing da'wah, Abu Lahab would follow him. As the Prophet ﷺ would say to people, يَا أَيُّوَ النَّاسِ قُلُوا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تُفْلِحُوا Abu Lahab would say, Oh people, don't listen to him. He's causing division between our families. He has gone crazy, so on and so forth. He would go on humiliating the Prophet ﷺ in public. This is khawan. Good was expected from these people. But instead of showing good, what did they show? Evil. Pure evil. Treachery. Betrayal. They betrayed their own blood. And then what happened? When after a few years, when more people embraced Islam, it was their own relatives who were torturing them. Uthman radiallahu anhu, he was tortured by his own uncle. His own uncle. This is khawan. Kafur. Who is kafur? One who is extremely ungrateful for the blessing that Allah has given. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Arabs a huge blessing. How? That Allah chose the last messenger to be from among them. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was one of them. لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهِ Allah has shown a huge favor to the people. But were they grateful for the blessing of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? No, they were not grateful. They were extremely ungrateful to the point that they not only rejected him, but they tried to kill him. They expelled him. They opposed him. So Allah does not like such people. Such people do not deserve Allah's help. And Allah will certainly help the believers against such treacherous ones. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Indeed, I have feared for the sake of Allah such that no one has feared. I have been afraid in the way of Allah such that no one has ever experienced that fear. Because there were times when the Prophet ﷺ could not even sleep at night. He could not. And he asked that who would guard me tonight so that I can sleep. And one occasion the Prophet ﷺ was in the state, afraid, not able to sleep at all. And Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas who came. And when he came, the Prophet ﷺ felt satisfied and he slept. I have feared in the way of Allah, for the sake of Allah, such that no one has feared. And I have been harmed for the sake of Allah, such that no one has been harmed. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave hope to the Prophet ﷺ, to the believers that do not worry. Allah defends those people who believe. Allah will defend you. But there is a time for everything. In Surah Al-Talaq, Ayah 3, Allah says, وَمَن يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Whoever trusts on Allah, then Allah is sufficient for him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَالِغُ أَمْرِهِ Indeed, Allah will accomplish His purpose. قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدْرًا But Allah has made for everything a decree. Meaning for everything there is a fixed time, a fixed amount. There is a right time, a right place that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for everything. So you want victory now, but it's not going to happen right now. 
One thing that is for sure is that Allah will certainly help. When? When the time is right. And that time came. What happened after a couple of years in Mecca? The Muslims, they migrated to Abyssinia. Some of them went to Habasha, where they were safe. And then after some time, the Prophet ﷺ and the rest of the believers, they migrated to Medina, where they were safe. So Allah saved the believers. Allah defended them. Allah helped them. But there was a time for it. There was a set time for it. It could not happen before that. Why? Because there are benefits to that. There's reasons for that. And this is a huge lesson. Because sometimes we feel like we have been abandoned. Year after year has gone by and things are not changing. But no, do not worry. It is Allah's promise that He will help. He will defend those who are sincere in their faith. Those who are true in their faith. But there is a time for it. And when we feel like Allah's help is not there, then we need to check ourselves. Instead of being hasty, instead of thinking negatively about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to check our intentions. We need to check our actions. Because it is Allah's promise that He will certainly help the believers. Who does He not help? Those who cheat, those who betray, and those who are ungrateful. It has been permitted for those people who... Which people? Permission has been granted to who? Those who yuqataluna. They were fought. They have been fought. Who were fought against? Who were fought against? The Muslims. If you think about it from the time in Mecca, were they fought against? Clearly. I mean if someone, think about the family of Ammar, of Yasir. Ammar bin Yasir, radiallahu anhu. And Yasir's wife, Sumayya. What happened to this family? Were they not tortured, persecuted? They were the first shuhada, the first martyrs. Right? And if they were killed, what did that mean? That the Muslims were basically being fought against. War was being waged against all Muslims. So they were being fought against from when? From the time in Mecca. From the very beginning. But... What were the Muslims told? Be patient. Be patient. Hold on. Allah's promise is that He will save you. He will defend you. There is a time for it. But then eventually what happened? When the Muslims migrated to Medina, and the Mushrikun didn't spare them over there either, they came there to attack them. So what happened? أُذِنَ لِلَّذِينَ يُقَاتَلُونَ بِأَنَّهُمْ ظُلِمُوا Permission has been given to them. Why? Because they have been wronged. What permission has been given? It's not mentioned explicitly, but it's understood. And what is that permission? What is that permission? To fight the enemy. To fight the enemy. That if for 13 years in Mecca, they didn't stop. And now when the Muslims are in Medina, still they haven't stopped. They're just getting worse in their opposition. Then of course, now the Muslims have to take a stand also. Now they may take revenge. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ And indeed Allah عَلَى نَصْرِهِمْ over giving them victory, helping them. He is laqadeer, surely competent. Because it seemed impossible. These few Muslims, weak ones, most of whom are freed slaves, or they are poor people of the society, they will win, they are now going to fight against the people of Makkah. How is it possible? How will they ever survive? How will they ever win? Allah says, وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى نَصْرِهِمْ Allah is able to help them. Allah is able to grant them victory. Ibn Abbas said, 
that this was the first ayah to be revealed concerning qital, concerning fighting, fighting the enemy. And then the verses of Surah Al-Baqarah were revealed in which the command to fight was given. وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Over here, what is being given? Permission. That now you may raise weapons against your enemy in defense. Now you may take revenge. Now you may stand up for yourself. Until now, what were they told? Be patient and ignore. Even if you're killed, you don't do anything. Even if your father is killed, you don't take revenge. You don't do that. You do sabr only. But now, Allah says, permission has been given, بِأَنَّهُمْ ظُلِمُوا Because they have been wronged over and over again. And if victory seems far to you, then don't worry. Because Allah will grant victory. الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ Who are they? Those people who were fought. Who are these believers? They are those who أُخْرِجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ They were expelled, they were evicted from their homes. Diyar plural of dar. بِغَيْرِ حق, Without any right. It wasn't that they had committed a crime. It wasn't that they didn't deserve to live over there. No. But they were expelled from their homes. Why? Illa except, meaning the only reason why they were expelled from their homes was, أَن يَقُولُوا that they say, رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ Our Lord is Allah. This was their fault. This was their so-called crime. And what was it? Their belief in Allah. The belief of Tawheed. They renounced idolatry, and as a result, they were fought against. If you think about it, Bilal anhu, when he was tortured over and over and over again, what was the crime that he had committed? What crime had he committed? What would he say that would make people torture him even more? What would he say? Ahad. Ahad. Just one word, Ahad. But that word, Ahad, what would that bring him? Torture. What would that make him? A criminal. At one occasion, the Prophet ﷺ, he was physically assaulted by Abu Jahl and his gang in the haram. And some sahaba, they were there, they were watching, but they couldn't do anything to defend the Prophet ﷺ. Even why? Because if they took even one step, they would be killed. Because the tribes that they belonged to were not that powerful. So anyway, Abu Bakr anhu, he heard what was going on, and he came to help the Prophet ﷺ. And he yelled at the mushrikun, and he said, أَتَقْتُلُونَ رَجُلًا أَنْ يَقُولَ رَبِّيَ اللَّهِ Are you trying to kill a man simply because he says, my Lord is Allah? Is that his crime? You think that is a crime? Is this the reason why you have considered taking his life legal for you? Lawful for you? Is that really a crime? الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ بِغَيْرِ حَقٍ إِلَّا أَنْ يَقُولُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ Their only crime is that they say, Our Lord is Allah. In Surah Muhammad, Ayah 1, also we learn, يُخْرِجُونَ الرَّسُولَ وَإِيَّاكُمْ أَنْ تُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ رَبِّكُمْ they expelled the messenger and they also expelled you. Why? Because you believe in Allah who is your Lord. And does this happen now? That a person is picked on simply because of their religion? Simply because of their Islam? Yes. So if a person is ever in a situation like this, what should they remember? What should they remember? The trials of the Prophet ﷺ. They also went through this. You know, for instance, you're communicating with someone over email or over phone, and everything is going really well. And the moment they see you with a hijab on, that's it. They don't want to deal with you anymore. They don't want to deal with you anymore. 
You know, it's amazing how a person would want to rent a place, for example. Right? And then you're going through an agent. And then finally when the landlord wants to meet the tenant, and they see that, oh, it's a Muslim couple, for no just reason, refused. And I'm not making this a hypothetical example. This is a real example. Yes. Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. Once my husband, he was looking for apartment, and then uh, he have agreement with this uh, superintendent, and the superintendent, he gave him written uh, phone number, and my husband, he said, okay, let's go and we see the apartment. So when we go, as soon as he, he saw me, that time I wasn't wearing niqab, he saw me, his face changed and he said, yes, can I help you? And my husband, he said, yesterday I was here, this is, uh, I want to look at the apartment. He said, that apartment is gone, uh, like somebody else take it. And my husband, he said, how come? Like, you just tell me, I'll be waiting for you. He said, I'm sorry. So, subhanAllah, that, we didn't move there, but we move here closer to Al-Huda. My kids learn Quran, I learn Quran. So, Asan takrahu shay'an huwa khayrun lakum. Exactly, and this is what we need to remember. That if we feel that we are being treated unfairly, and the only reason over there is our religion, don't blame the religion. Don't hate the religion. Don't resent the hijab. Don't do that. Why? Because inshallah, Allah is going to give you something much better. Much better. So don't worry. Who can withhold something from you that Allah wishes to give you? Who can? Nobody can. So people can try, but they can't harm you. So, الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ بِغَيْرِ حَقٍ إِلَّا أَنْ يَقُولُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ You see, sometimes people are biased for some petty reasons even. Like things that should not even be a problem, but they find a problem. Right? I mean, because your skin color is different, or you speak differently, or you are an immigrant, or because you don't have a particular education, or because you are from a family, or not from that family, whatever it may be. They treat you differently because of who you are. And does this happen in life? All the time. That people are biased against you, just because you are you. They don't like you. Not necessarily because of your religion. Sometimes other Muslims are even treating us in such a way. Sometimes relatives, family members. The in-law stories, very common, right? That the daughter is being treated differently, daughter-in-law is being treated differently, mother is being treated differently, mother-in-law is being treated differently. You know, a girl will happily involve her mother in her children's life, but when it comes to a mother-in-law, shut her off completely. I don't want you in my life. And remember, these things are part of life, that people will treat you differently because of who you are. You will suffer, because this is a promise of Allah. Allah will test us, and Allah will test others through us. Allah will test others through us, which means that we will be tested through others also. So test is part of life. The suffering is there. So if we are suffering because of Allah's religion, then I accept it. Do you get my point? That sometimes people will treat you differently just because you are of a certain ethnicity. Well, if they're treating you differently because of your religion, good. Because who's taking pity on me? Look at these words. الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ بِغَيْرِ حَقٍ Who's on your side? Allah is on your side. If someone is not being fair to you because of your deen, you know who's on your side? Allah is on your side. الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ بِغَيْرِ حَقٍ إِلَّا أَنْ يَقُولُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ 
وَلَوْلَا دَفْعُ اللَّهِ النَّاسِ So now what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the Muslims to take revenge. Right? Permission has been granted to the Muslims to take revenge. Why is permission being granted to the Muslims to take revenge? Because many people have a problem with this. That when it comes to Christianity, for example, you're told that if somebody hits you on one cheek, show the other cheek. Right? Just keep getting abused, abused. But in Islam, what are we told? That you do sabr up to a certain point, right? But then you also have to stand up for yourself. You also have to defend yourself. You also have to get up and do something to protect yourself. So why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given permission to the Muslims to defend themselves? The reason is given here. وَلَوْلَا And if not, دَفْعُ اللَّهِ دَفْعُ Repelling. Allah by Allah. Meaning if Allah does not repel. Anasa people. Which people? بَعْضَهُمْ Some of them. بِبَعْضٍ Through others. In other words, if Allah does not let certain people fight others and break their power, then what would happen? What would the consequences be? لَهُدِّمَتْ Surely it would be demolished. هُدِّمَتْ هَذَا الميم. What does that mean? To pull down a building. Raise, wreck it, destroy it. So هُدِّمَتْ It would have been demolished. What would be demolished? صَوَامِعُ صَوَامِعُ Plural of صَوْمِعَ Sawmira, sad mim ain. Sawmira, sawamir are used for monasteries. Alright? So a monastery which could be in a mountain, in a far off place, in the middle of the desert, in a forest somewhere. Who lives in them? Monks. And what do they do? Why are they staying over there? Worshipping God. Right? And where are they generally? In unpopulated places. But Allah says that even these places would be destroyed. وَبِيَعُن And even بِيَعُ would be destroyed. بِيَعُ is a plural of بِيَعَ What is بِيَعَ? A church. وَصَلَوَاتٌ Salawat From Salah. Salah is to pray. Salawat places where Salah is performed and it refers to the places where the Yahud pray, the synagogues. وَمَسَاجِد Masajid plural of Masjid. A Masjid understood where Muslims pray. And all of these places Allah says يُذْكَرُوا it is mentioned, fiha in it, ismullah, the name of Allah, kathiran much. Because all of these are people of the book, right? They're all people of the book. So for instance, many Christians, they live in sawamir, right? In biar, at least on some days they go, right? Salawat, even these are populated by the Jews. Masajid, they're populated by the Muslims. And all of these different groups of people, who do they worship essentially? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in their places of worship, whose name is being mentioned? Allah's name is being mentioned. So, what is being mentioned over here is, what we're being taught is that if a nation remains in power for a long time, alright, then what will happen to those people? They will become extremely arrogant and they will not stop at any limit. They would not stop at any limit. So what happens? When a people are in power then Allah's law of dafr, what is dafr? Repelling. That comes into effect. And what happens? Those in power are not able to progress beyond a certain limit. Somebody else comes and takes over. You see, if you study history, what do you learn? Nations are rising and falling constantly. Forget about nations, even individuals. One person is in power for 50 years, 
40 years, 30 years, and then he's not president anymore, he's not king anymore, he's replaced by someone else. Someone is at the height of power, an individual, a nation, a country, whatever you want to call it, they're at the height of power. Then what happens? Someone else comes and pushes them down. From victory, from power, they go down. They suffer total loss, destruction. Right? So the nation that was high now became low. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow this to happen? The reason is that if this didn't happen, then there would be complete chaos, complete facade on this earth. No church would be standing today. No masjid would be standing today. No synagogue would be standing today. This doesn't mean that we should all go to synagogues and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over there. This is not the purpose of this ayah. You see, when there is a war somewhere, where do people go to take shelter? Where? In worship places. Right? Because okay, people will attack office buildings, but what will they spare? Worship places. But if, if even the worship places are being attacked, then what does it mean? What does it mean? Extreme facade. Extreme facade. And it means that those who are doing this, very soon will come down. They cannot survive like this. Because it's against Allah's law. What is Allah's law? That when someone is in power with zulm, they will be brought down. They will certainly be brought down. And this is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the Muslims to fight the mushrikeen of Makkah. Because if the mushrikeen of Makkah were left like that, what would they do? Who would they spare? Nobody. They wouldn't stop at any limit. So this is the hikmah. وَلَيَنصُرَنَّ اللَّهِ And Allah will certainly help مَن يَنصُرُهُ Those who help Him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَقَوِيٌّ عَزِيزٌ Indeed, Allah is surely powerful and mighty. Allah will certainly help those who help Him. Because you see, the Muslims being given permission to fight the mushrikun of Makkah, this seemed like a very daunting task. How is it even possible? The Muslims couldn't even imagine because think about it, Bilal radiallahu anhu was on the side of the Muslims. And who was on the other side? The guy who had tortured and persecuted him. So imagine now, Bilal anhu is being allowed, okay, go, pick up your weapon, and you can fight against your enemy. I mean, that itself was frightening. How can we do that? We are so weak. We don't have much power. We don't have many resources. But what does Allah say? You help the cause of Allah, and Allah will help you. Don't doubt Allah's help because Allah is qawi and aziz. He is strong, He is able, He is mighty. So what do we learn over here? Allah promises to defend you. Allah allows you to retaliate. But you have to get up and do something. Allah will help who? Those who help Him. Not those who sit back, sleeping, or lying in their beds watching TV. No. Who will be helped by Allah? Those who get up and do something. Those who are active. The one who takes a step in Allah's way, Allah will also help him. Allah will defend him. And don't worry, Allah will give success to you. You help the cause of Allah, Allah will take care of your affairs. And this is also a reminder that when a person is in Allah's way, then certainly Allah's help will come. And if it's not coming, then what do we need to check? Ourselves. 
our intention. Am I really helping the cause of Allah? Am I really in the way of Allah? What do I want from this work of mine? And we need to check our actions also, our goals also. In Surah Muhammad Ayah 7, Allah says, Ya أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِن تَنْصُرُوا اللَّهَ يَنْصُرْكُمْ If you help Allah, Allah will also help you. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُدَافِعُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ خَوَّانٍ كَفُورٍ أُذِنَ لِلَّذِينَ يُقَاتَلُونَ بِأَنَّهُمْ ظُلِمُوا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى نَصْرِهِمْ لَقَدِيرٌ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ بِغَيْرِ حَقٍّ إِلَّا أَن يَقُولُوا رَبُّنَا اللَّهُ وَلَوْلَا دَفْعُ اللَّهِ النَّاسَ بَعْضَهُمْ بِبَعْضٍ لَهُدِّمَتْ صَوَامِعُ وَبِيَعٌ وَصَلَوَاتٌ وَمَسَاجِدُ يُذْكَرُ فِيهَا اسْمُ اللَّهِ كَثِيرًا وَلَيَنصُرَنَّ اللَّهُ مَن يَنصُرُهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَقَوِيٌّ عَزِيزٌ